Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. In this episode, we're revisiting the Philippines for the second part of our adventure. In Monday's episode, we arrived in Manila and stayed at the home of Tita Resta. We spent a day exploring the city, traveling by jeepney, and visiting an art museum. This time, we'll travel away from the city and out into the provinces. Remember, you'll be able to hear the third and final part of our Philippines series tomorrow, right here on the public feed. And if you'd like to listen to the whole series in one full-length episode, we'll be releasing that on Get Sleepy Premium tomorrow. Get Sleepy Premium is the best way to experience the show. We now have over 500 full-length stories and meditations, and everything is 100% ad-free. As a premium supporter, you'll also receive a new bonus episode every Thursday, exclusive to Get Sleepy Premium. And you'll be helping us to keep the show going so that we can continue to help people all around the world to find a calming place to rest when they come to bed each night. For more information, just go to getsleepy.com slash support or just follow the link in the show notes. You'll have a seven-day free trial when you first sign up. Thanks, everyone. So, let's prepare for our story and for a good night's rest by taking some time to relax and transition. Begin by slowing your breathing, even if it's just by a little. Try to extend the exhale so that it flows a little longer than the inhale. Allow every bit of breath to flow out with the exhale and sense how that naturally restores calm and presence to both body 
and mind. Take some time now to just check in with yourself, be it physically or emotionally, pay attention to anything that arises as you enjoy this moment of presence and awareness. If anything does come up, greet it with kindness and reassurance. Each and every one of us go through a variety of thoughts, emotions, physical strains, and even exhaustion at times. We have the capacity to experience great joy and contentment too. And all of these feelings are valid, and they're part of the experience of our lives. So once again, return your focus to the pace of your breath, gently easing the air in and out. And just accept and reassure anything that arises for you in body and mind. Whatever you're feeling, it's okay. You can follow along with our story tonight, allowing your imagination to picture the blissful scenes I describe. And you'll fall asleep when you're ready. For now, just enjoy the journey. It's time to return to the Philippines. You wake up early, before your alarm. You're in a huge bed in a private room in Tita Esther's house. For the past couple of days, you've been in Manila, the capital of the Philippines. You've had a wonderful time exploring the city. Yesterday, you rode a jeepney, saw some of the country's most important and beautiful art, and met some local people. In the evening, you and Tita Esther enjoyed dinner together. Afterwards, you sank into bed and fell asleep dreaming about blue skies and glistening waters. 
As you wake up, the sound of birds outside your window greets you. Their early morning songs are so similar to the ones you hear back at home. It's comforting when traveling to have things that remind you of home. You feel safe even when traveling to faraway places. A breeze comes in through the open window, blowing the white linen curtains to and fro. You watch the material balloon up, filling with air, and then moving backwards, in and out. A shaft of light runs parallel to the bed, and you watch minute dust particles dancing in the glow of the sun. Then you remember what it is that you're doing today, and feel a pulse of excitement and joy run through you. You're leaving Manila and heading off on the next part of your adventure. This morning, you're traveling to a place called Palawan. It's an island in the western Philippines, about 600 kilometers from Manila. But the flight should only take about 40 minutes. You've seen pictures and heard stories of Palawan's otherworldly beauty, and you can't wait to experience it for yourself. You stretch and sit up, swinging your legs over the side of the bed. Your feet touch the cool floor tiles. You make your way to the bathroom and fill the bucket of the tabo with water. Once it's full, you use the ladle to splash the water over yourself. At first, it feels cold on your skin. But by the second ladle, it feels so refreshing. It's a good start to the day. There's something about washing in this traditional way that makes you feel grounded. With each splash of water on your skin, you feel grateful. The birds are singing outside your bathroom window. Soon, the sound of a cockerel joins them. He's warming up his vocal cords, getting ready to rouse the whole neighborhood from their sleep. You dress in comfortable clothes and zip up your backpack. Then, you swing your bag onto your shoulder and leave your room 
closing the door gently behind you. Downstairs, Tita Esther has left out a cafetiere filled with steaming hot coffee for you, alongside a selection of pastries. You sit for a moment, enjoying the silence of the early morning. The sunlight begins to creep further and further up the street and houses. Soon, you hear the sound of a taxi pulling up outside. The journey to the airport is quick and easy, as the roads are clear this early in the day. And the airport is much quieter than when you were last here. The whole journey is over in less than an hour. You land in Puerto Princesa Airport and step outside into beaming sunlight. Palm trees line the pickup area. You find a taxi and travel to your hotel. You're staying in a small boutique hotel owned by locals. When you arrive, the owners tell you that if you want or need anything, you can just ask. Your room is upstairs. The windows have been opened and the overhead fan is on keeping the space cool in anticipation of your arrival. You slip off your shoes and lay on the bed, seeing how comfortable it is. It's perfect. As you lay there, you yawn. After the journey, and such an early start, you are a little sleepy. You decide you have enough time for a nap before you leave for your excursion. So you set an alarm on your phone and change the alert buzzer to a gentle tinkling sound. The pillows on the bed are like big, soft marshmallows, and your head sinks into them. You're looking up at the fan above you, which is spinning. The movement and sound are hypnotic. The individual blades start to blur and merge into one spinning wheel as your eyes get heavier. There are so many pillows on the bed that every way you turn, your body is supported. It's like falling asleep on a cloud. 
your breathing begins to slow, and your eyes are soon too heavy to keep open. You sink into a restful sleep, breathing silently in and out. Tinkling sounds awake you slowly. You open your eyes. The fan above you still whirs round and round. You blink, remembering where you are, and smile. What a perfect nap. Not too long, and not too short. You reach over to the bedside table and turn off your alarm. Then you rub your eyes and sit up. You feel refreshed and rejuvenated. You're glad you took that nap. Checking the time on your phone, you see that there's no need to rush. For this excursion, you're going to see one of the newest additions to the Seven Wonders of Nature list. It's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site. This natural, underground lagoon is known as the Puerto Princesa Subterranean River National Park. It's one of the world's longest navigable underground rivers, and you can't wait to see it. It's a beautiful day. The sun is high in the sky, with not a cloud in sight, just like you'd hoped. The excursion begins in a small village outside of Puerto Princesa. It's called Sabang, and it's near the beach. The water is sparkling blue, just how you saw it in your dreams. A bell dings, and you look around to see where it's coming from. A man is pushing an ice cream cart up the road, ringing his bell to let people know where he is. He has a bright parasol attached to the cart, shading both him and the ice cream coolers from the sun. A group of children run up to him, He stops with a smile, and the children make their orders. The ice cream man scoops various colors of his produce into delicious-looking cones and hands them to the children. Ecstatic with their treat, the children thank him before running off again.
you decide you will try some ice cream too. So you head over towards the man and his cart. Besides vanilla and chocolate, he also has flavors you've never tried before. He has avocado ice cream and even a cheese flavor. You decide you will try a scoop of each. The ice cream man gives you a generous helping of both flavors, one on top of the other in the same cone. He wants to know what you think of them. You try the avocado first and are pleasantly surprised. The green ice cream has a velvety, silky consistency you've never experienced before. It's sweet and subtle, cold and wonderful. Next, you try the cheese flavor. Again, the flavor is subtle and sweet, and the texture silky. Both flavors are unique and absolutely delicious. You thank the ice cream man, grateful for yet another experience you'd find nowhere else but the Philippines. He's pleased you like his ice cream and wishes you a lovely day. You wish him the same in return. Next, you head towards the dock, where you find the boats that take people to the underground river. You board a small boat called a bunker. It's a narrow boat with a motor. There's a triangular roof over the middle and bamboo stabilizers or outriggers on either side. The driver hands you a life vest just for safety and welcomes you on board. You take a seat on the left-hand side of the boat as the driver starts up the small engine. Brightly colored bunting hangs over the roof, flapping in the breeze. As the boat travels across the water, you look out at the incredible blue depths. The bamboo outriggers skim over the surface, occasionally dipping beneath. On the way, you pass uninhabited islands with golden sands and palm trees. You wonder if you'd be able to live on a deserted island with nothing but coconuts. Daydreaming, you imagine making a bed and shelter 
from the giant palm leaves. You'd have to weave them together somehow. Perhaps you could make a fire using dried coconut husks, chipping rocks together to create the first spark. And maybe you could make a spear out of bamboo and use it to fish. After passing a rock formation that sticks up out of the water, the boat turns to the right. You see the island that is your destination. It's bigger than the others, with luscious green mountains behind a sandy beach and a small section of rainforest. As you get closer, you see a trio of flying fish leaping in and out of the water. You gasp. You've never seen such a thing. Their silver skin glints in the sun. Perhaps in sync with one another, they jump out of the sea in a curving motion, and back beneath the blue surface. They travel rapidly, and just as quickly as they appeared, they disappear once more. The boat pulls up to the shore, and the driver jumps down into the shallow water to help you out. You hold your shoes in one hand as you step down. The water is turquoise and translucent. It washes over your bare feet and around your ankles. The driver points you towards your guide who is waiting for you on the shore. You thank him and walk towards the beach. The sand beneath the water is as soft as silk and feels wonderful on your feet. You walk slowly, enjoying the feeling of the cool water around your ankles. On the beach, your guide greets you He tells you that the walk to the river is just through the trees. Then he asks if you have any plastic bottles or packaging that makes noise when you hold it. No, you tell him, you don't. Smiling, the guide explains that this island is home to monkeys. They are totally harmless, but sometimes they try to get a hold of your things they think they can eat. He turns and points towards the tree line. You follow his gaze 
and see a small monkey in the trees, peering out curiously. It looks timid, with wide open eyes and small hands and feet. You can't help but smile at this wonderful sight. A wild monkey at home in its natural habitat. How fortunate you are to have seen it. The guide smiles. He's obviously very fond of the monkeys. He sees them nearly every day, he tells you, and knows most of them by sight. They know him, too, and though they never get too close, they seem to feel at ease around him. They're cheeky, he says, and that's why he likes them. Each one has so much personality. He tells you that the connection between monkeys and man is sacred. Even without exchanging words, the two species understand one another. As you walk towards a clearing in the trees, you look back over at the monkey. He watches you a little shyly from where he is perched on a branch. His curiosity is endearing. Then he decides that that's enough and scampers up the tree and out of sight. You follow your guide along a path that is covered from above by huge branches. Light rain begins to fall, pitter-pattering on the leaves of the huge trees that arch up into the sky. Breathing in, you notice that the rain awakens a fresh smell of soil. This is tropical rain. It's clean and warm, and feels like small drops of heaven on your skin. You follow your guide as you come out through the other side of the trees and into a clearing. Here is the lake. The rain falls into the otherwise still water, creating small ripples. You're invited to take a seat at the front of one of the long, narrow rowboats. They are swaying gently on the water. You climb into one of the boats, and the guide gets onto the back. He will row it like a gondola, standing at the back and using an oar 
he pushes off the shore. Then he begins to row towards an opening on the edge of the mountain, on the opposite side of the lake. As you go through the cavernous entrance to the underground lagoon, your guide switches on his head torch. This allows you both to see as the light from outside fades. The ceiling is covered in stalactites hanging like icicles. Your guide tells you that the underground river is full of precious minerals built up over thousands of years by slowly dripping water. It's important not to touch anything, as the bacteria on human skin could upset the delicate balance that exists here in the cave. The minerals are a central part of the ecosystem, providing for many different forms of wildlife. Hundreds of bats call this place home. There are nine species of bats, two species of swiftlets, and even sea turtles that feed in the area. Your guide explains how the bats use a method called echolocation to get around in the dark. Echolocation means to see with sound. The bats send out a high-frequency pulse of sound, which is reflected off solid objects in the environment. By listening for the reflections of their sound, they create a picture of the environment in their minds. In the cave, their sounds bounce off the walls and ceiling, so it's important to keep your voices as quiet as possible while traveling along the river. Your guide tells you, quietly of course, that you should soon look up at the ceiling. Up ahead, you see the very bats you've just learnt about. They are almost hidden, but you catch a flutter of wings here and there. The bats hang upside down just like you've seen on TV, and make odd squeaky sounds. The occasional bat swoops down, stopping just before the surface of the water, before flying towards the opening of the cave. The only sounds in here are the occasional squawks of the bats the almost silent swoosh of the oar, and the gentle drip of water edging 
ever so slowly down the cave walls. Your guide informs you that you will soon be entering what's known as the cathedral part of the river. You glide across the water until you reach a giant, cavernous area. As you look up and around, you can hardly believe what you are seeing. It truly seems as if you've entered the largest cathedral on earth, with ceilings higher than that of any human-made building. They just seem to keep going up and up, until the darkness means you can't even make out the top. It's as if you've stepped back in time to some prehistoric age. Your guide points out a mound of stalagmites to one side. They're like stalactites, but instead of hanging from the ceiling, they rise up out of the ground. This particular group has been nicknamed the Nativity. The shapes have been formed naturally over time, and by pure coincidence, they replicate the famous Christmas scene. It's amazing. You head onwards into a smaller tunnel. Further along, your guide points out an area of formations, nicknamed the Marketplace. The minerals that have been built up along the walls over thousands of years look just like different kinds of vegetables. First, there's a giant mushroom, then a corn cob. Next, there's a formation that looks like carrots. Your guide rows on into the next section. Here, he tells you that you are now in the deepest accessible part of the river. He asks if you would like to experience how dark it truly is in this part of the cave. You say yes, and he obligingly switches off his head torch. The darkness is absolute. You hold up your hand in front of your face and cannot make it out. But your other senses are heightened. The sound of the water dripping down the walls gives you a sense of where the cave ends. Being in here is like nothing you've ever experienced before. 
it is truly nature at its most mysterious and magnificent. Your guide switches his light back on. This is the furthest you are able to go. It's time to follow the river round and begin the journey back towards the entrance. The guide tells you that no one knows who found the river first, but it's thought that the island's early inhabitants were the first to know of its existence. However, they believed that the cavernous lagoon was home to sacred spirits, and wishing not to disturb them, they kept away and left the place in peace. Further ahead, you notice graffiti scratched on the wall. It was left here by visitors in the 1920s. According to your guide, explorers from the USA were granted special archaeological permits to visit all the caverns and tributaries. Many of them are too small and too narrow to explore by boat. You wonder what it must have been like to be one of those people to investigate this underground labyrinth all those years ago. What an incredible opportunity. The river is now a protected area and the local government takes steps to ensure that it's preserved. You row back through the enormous cathedral, past the stalactites and bats, and out through the entrance. The rain has stopped and the sun hangs lower in the sky. You are quiet and pensive as your guide pulls the boat over to the shore and helps you to disembark. Your mind is still back in the underground river you know you won't be able to stop thinking about it for a long time. On the shore, you thank him for being a wonderful guide. Then, the two of you walk side by side, having experienced something magical together.